We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. They produced some of the finest talent in Atlanta sports radio history. Get over it! Covered the best teams this city has to offer. Going to bed and taking a nap. And now, it's time to take their turn at the mic. It's time for the other side of the glass with Chris Thomas on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, here's Chris. Oh, what's up, Atlanta? That's right. It is time for the latest edition of The Other Side of the Glass. Hanging out with you for the full three, as our man John Chuckery likes to say. Formerly the full four, but don't tell him that because he'll come at you with that Georgia rattlesnake attitude. So I'm hanging out with you until 7 o'clock this evening. Hawks pregame comes your way then. Hawks are playing well, 5-3. and three. They got that big win in Mexico City. That was a really fun game. So Mike Conti and bang, Steve Holman will have you starting at 7. As you just heard, the story of the day, Michigan survives and advances. 24-15 win, and that is a cool, clean cover for everyone on Dukes and Bell. If you guys were listening at 420, every Friday we make our picks, and every single one of us picked Michigan except bum, 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 wow, day, day who was formerly with our show, and then he went to the morning shift, and we were like, hey, you can still make picks. So every Friday, he sends them in for me, and he was the only one brave enough to take Mike Conti's Penn State Nittany Lions. And listen, they had a little rally there at the end. They got it close, and they screwed up a two-point conversion, and they weren't able to get the ball back, and that was kind of all she wrote. Michigan was the better team through and through, and Harbaugh, no Harbaugh. By the way, we can't play it on the air because it is just – rattled with cuss words, and I'm not going to make Dom do all that work. But do yourself a favor and go online. It's all over Twitter. Just search your own more. His post-game press conference with uh, Jenny Taft at the end of the game on Fox. I mean, listen, you won a game that you were supposed to win, that the coach was there to prep you for all week long, and he was bawling like he was playing to avenge, I don't know, a fallen, a fallen brother, a fallen, it's Veterans Day, a fallen hero. He was crying on the sidelines, man. You love the passion, you love the emotion, but, I mean, can we save it for, like, at least the Big Ten title game? That was, that was something else. It was, it was a cool moment, but I think, there'll be a, I think there'll be a split decision. On Monday, when all the talk shows get back, it'll be played on every talk show across America, including on Dukes and Bell. We'll make Oren bleep it out because he'll have a couple of days to work on it. 
So we'll play it for you on Dukes and Bell on Monday, and you can decide if it was cheesy as hell or if it was an emotional moment that we should all revel in as, once again, Michigan takes down Penn State 24-15. to A couple other scores to run down for you. Alabama, no problem over Kentucky. They put up a 49 spot on the road. Fun game, Texas Tech and Kansas 16-13. Texas Tech with the upset there over number 16, Kansas, who I'd be surprised if they'll still be ranked after this. Tulane, shout out to our buddy Stake, taking out Tulsa in a battle 24-22. And unfortunately, Georgia Tech was no match for Clemson. They lose, they get doubled up essentially 40 to 20, and uh, Cade Klubnick went off for four touchdowns. But that's the kind of season that it's been for the boys on the flats. It's unfortunate, but we'll see if they can finish the regular season strong. All right, here's what we're going to do, Dom, to start the show here. I'm going to do a little segment I like to call reading. And what I'm going to read is a definition for you guys, something that in my show prep for this week, I decided to scout out because I know, as I'm going to open up the phone lines here in a minute at 404-726-0929, and you know that we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons. So I looked up the meaning of a word because I feel this word is the theme of the week and for this team will ultimately determine their fate for the rest of the season. And that word, well, it's two words with a hyphen in the middle, is must win. So this is what I dug up. Must win, requiring a successful or victorious outcome because anything less would negate all preceding efforts. Is that necessarily 100% true to the letter of what this week means for the Atlanta Falcons? No. So hear me out. I did a little bit more digging, and I found an alternate definition. Opportunities that are critical to the company for either strategic or fiscal reasons. That one hits the nail on the head. It is absolutely essential for the state of the Atlanta Falcons to be able to go out on Sunday and get a win versus Kyler Murray in his first start of the season and the putrid 1-8 and eight Arizona Cardinals. It is a must win, and this is why. If you don't win this game, Everything that you built, all the momentum headed into the bye week from this season, despite the four and five start, you can wipe it all out. It's gone. Everything. The only thing you come back from the bye week with are a whole new set of questions for Coach Arthur Smith, the quarterback, the offense, the defense. It's going to be who do we blame? How much do we split the blame pie chart, so to speak? Who gets what percentage of the blame? And that's going to be the only thing discussed because you're going to go into a game against New Orleans. They're going to be in first place, and we all know what happens. That's usually a split on the season. They may win, they may lose. But that game is going to have a tremendous amount of meaning regardless. This game means everything. This game is to save your season to the point where you are able to go out and still be looked at as a viable, representative playoff contender in the NFL. If you lose this game, that's gone. So for me, this game is a must win. Do you agree? 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. 
Do you agree with me that for the Falcons to salvage their standing as a playoff contender and the spirit of the organization, the vibe, the direction, the climate of the Atlanta Falcons needs to be salvaged after what's taken place the last two weeks? Guys, the Falcons have been the laughingstock of the NFL for the last two weeks. That's not an opinion. That's not me poo-pooing the organization. That's not me saying something that's out of school or out of context or overly negative. It's just fact. Turn on any TV show throughout the past couple of weeks, and what have you seen? Josh Dobbs did this to the Falcons. Will Levis did that to the Falcons. What the Falcons have allowed opposing teams to do over the last two weeks is borderline criminal. You cannot, in consecutive weeks during the season that was supposed to be the season to turn everything around, allow Will Levis, in his first start as an NFL quarterback, to throw for four touchdowns and three of them to the future Hall of Famer in DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, so that happens, right? You, okay, we go to Flowery Branch that Wednesday. Everything's fine. We're talking about it. It's an anomaly. The team will be fine. Everything will work itself out. Then the next week, you compound the problem. And we all know, I don't need to go back and litigate with you guys what happened in the game last Sunday. We all saw it. We all saw what Josh Jobs did. And then the problem was, when you have those two back-to-back performances during consecutive weeks, the national media starts to notice. And they start to notice for the wrong reasons. They didn't notice the start to the season when everything looked pretty good and Ritter was finding his feet. They don't notice that, right? No. What they notice is when you give up historic performances to to quarterbacks making their first starts of the season and you essentially blow up in front of everyone's face in the last two weeks. That's what get that's that is what gets noticed and that's a problem. 404-726-0929. So do you agree with me that this game is a must win? Or do you feel like this team, even despite a loss tomorrow, would still be able to rally and be a true playoff contender? We'll start off with Marquise in the ATL. Marquise, you're in the game. Win, or do you feel like yeah. Marquise, turn your radio down, brother. Okay. This is my brother. This, this is must win. We have to win this game tomorrow. Like you say, if we lose this tomorrow, the season's over. So this is must win. We got to win tomorrow. And, and grind from there. And like I said, it's a copycat lead. Let's use the screen passes to John to get him on the outside. It's something they do it on this all the time on third and long. Why not copy that play? No, I hear, I hear you, Marquise. Thank you for the phone call. I got to let you go. You got too much background noise going on for me there. Call back anytime. Um, <clears throat> Arthur Smith has taken his fair share of blame for all of this as well. And rightfully so. He's had a couple of boneheaded decisions the last couple of weeks. There's no way that that's not something that's on the table. It's fair criticism, and I totally get it. And he owned up to it. He literally said on Dukes and Bell this week that there were a couple of plays that he wishes he could have back. I think if we could read between the lines here, I don't want to speak for the man, but you know there was a couple of plays involving Jonu Smith that I think maybe he'd want back if he had the choice to do it again. Of course, the tight end pass to Nicole Pruitt, and then you had the jet sweep to Jonu, which – Ironically, Kyle Pitts was the one who wasn't able to seal off the edge for that play and get his blocker down, and he got tackled, man. It happens. So, But we can't dwell on it. That's the whole point here, right? We can't dwell on it. What we can do is put an, 
the import of tomorrow's game and not undersell it. This game means everything. If you go out to Arizona and lose to a 1-8 Cardinals team with Kyler Murray making his first start of the season, it's, I mean, it's organizational failure at that point. It, it, is, it is what it is. I mean, would you be out of it mathematically? No. But as I've been saying this entire segment here to start off, that's not what this is about. This is about maintaining your credibility as a playoff contender. It's about maintaining your credibility, showing everyone that these last two weeks were a fluke and not a representation of who this team is. It's about Arthur Smith being able to regain his confidence as a play caller and knowing that he has the horses to get this thing done. All right, 404-726-0929. One more before we go to break. We have DK in Atlanta. DK. Knowing that he has the horses. DK, turn your radio down, brother. All right, Don, we'll have to let DK go, apparently. Apparently, there's a problem. I mean, listen, I- I'm glad that you're finding me entertaining and keeping your radio up, but when you call into the station, got to turn your radio down. One more before we break, Brian in Atlanta. All right, Brian is gone as well. All right, that's okay. 404-726-0929. So when we get back from break, we're going to load up the phones. We'll take as many calls on this as we can. 404 404- 7260929 Brian and DK if you guys want to try again we'll take you on the other side of the break 4047260929 is this a must win game for the Atlanta Falcons I say it is and it's not about the mathematics on this one it's about the image it's about the confidence it's about Arthur Smith it's about Bijan Robinson it's about Drake London and Kyle Pitts and knowing that going into that bye week you are set up and ready to come back for the second half of the season and make an impact on this playoff push. All right. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hit up Jason on the lines. Anyone else who wants to get in, 404-726-0929. It is the other side of the glass with Chris Thomas hanging out with you on a dreary Saturday afternoon in Atlanta. But we got to keep the spirits high for the Atlanta Falcons who need a win tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The other side of the glass is on. Oh, my God. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's a must win, guys and gals. It just is. 
404-726-0929. Chris Thomas hanging out with you till 7 o'clock this evening. Hawks pregame comes your way then with Mike Conti. And, of course, Steve Holman Bang will be on the call. We're talking Falcons to start, of course, because in my opinion, if they do not win this game on Sunday, it is officially, unofficially, officially the start of the end for the Atlanta Falcons this season. Because if you can't beat a 1-8 and eight Arizona Cardinals squad with Kyler Murray making his first start after the way that the team got embarrassed the past two weeks by Will Levis and by Josh Dobbs, then the old Bill Parcells cliche starts to ring true. You are what your record says you are. You would be 4-6, and six, and you would be falling even further back in the NFC South, which in my opinion is the only way that this team is going to make it to the playoffs is by winning the division. Even as weak as the conference is, I still don't know if the Falcons have enough at this point to be able to compete for a third wildcard spot. I could be wrong. That's just the way I'm seeing things right now. Hopefully this game on Sunday is the way to start to turn all of that around, all of the narratives, all of the convenient narratives, as Coach Arthur Smith likes to say, will all start to go away with an emphatic win on Sunday. All right, to the phones we go. 404-726-0929. We got Jason up first. Jason, you're in the game. Hey, what's going on, boss? How you doing? What's up, man? Not much. Okay, I want to start off by saying I'm a diehard Eagles fan. I'm a, I live outside of Atlanta. I've been here for about 20 years. So my, my confusion is what made everyone believe that this was the year that the Falcons were going to take the next step? And I'm going to make a little comparison here. If you take Ritter and Hurts in their first couple okay, of years. Okay, I'll let you make that comparison, Jason. Just let me answer your question first. I'll tell you why. I, I think I might answer it for you. I'm assuming, like, this was the year that Ritter was supposed to take the next step. That's but, that's a small part of it. The real main reason okay. is because for the past five years, the Atlanta Falcons have been in cap hell. They have been borderline wow. broke when it comes to having money to spend on free agents, locking up draft picks, and everything else. This offseason, all of that finally changed, and they made over $100 million worth of investments into players like Jesse Bates, David Onyemata, Matt Collins, Bud Dupree, all these guys that were supposed to come in and change the face of the franchise. That's why. Okay, I, I, underst- I understand that, but uh, one quick question. Why were they in such cap hell? Who were they paying? Was Matt Ryan's contract? It was two guys, my friend. It was Matt Ryan and it was Julio Jones, who they very much maligned, and the mistake has been noted throughout the lore of Falcons history. They gave Julio Jones a contract when they absolutely should not have. Okay, and I guess to to finish out my point was I – like, as far as the Falcons taking the next step and everybody, like, looking at Ritter saying, is he the guy, is he not the guy? I never understood how it could ever be a question if he was the guy. I believe the reason that Jalen Hurts is so good is because they have an A-plus roster around him, which the Falcons clearly do not. So where are these expectations coming from? Like, I get having money, but you guys went out and signed a bunch of old guys. Bud Dupree got one leg. Kyle Pitts is the most distant, interesting football player I've ever seen in my life. And uh, like, as All right, as- Jason, I hear you. I appreciate the phone call, man. I got to get to some other guys. Listen, you, 
I understand what you're saying, but then you took it too far at the end there. That's not true. Did the Falcons sign some veterans this offseason? Yeah, absolutely. You think they regret signing Jesse Bates right now, David Onyemata? Those guys are having Pro Bowl seasons right now. So you can't come at me with, yeah, the Eagles are really good and Jalen Hurts is really good. The Eagles have the best offensive line in football. They have, they have Jason Kelsey, who's the best center in football. They have Lane Johnson, who's arguably the best tackle in football, not named Trent Williams. The two things are not comparable. Desmond Ritter was put in a position where his first full season as a starter, he's sort of shepherding a team that's just coming together and just finding its own. That Eagle team, some of those guys have been on the team since the Super Bowl run. So that is an established organization that was ready to win now. This team is working towards its way to being ready to win now with this season being the first major step in terms of making a playoff push, not making a Super Bowl run like the Eagles were supposed to do this year and like they did last year. So you can't come at me with that. 404-726-0929. Larry, you're up next. Larry, you're in the game. What's going on, Chris? How's it going, man? What's up, Larry? Hey, I I think in some ways, man, you – when you talk about they were in cap hell and they went out and they spent all this money, I don't think that spending money necessarily equates to winning. And I think that all we have to do is look across at baseball and look at the Mets and how they spent money, and it didn't do them any well, good. Right, Larry. you got to so spend it the hell, right way. I agree. you got to spend it the right way. Cap hell or no cap hell, you know, these guys that they brought in haven't been able to accomplish – what they needed to accomplish. Now, I've been in Atlanta for five years, and, Chris, you know how long I've been supporting and coming to the events and stuff like that. And all the time, every year, we get hyped up about what Atlanta's going to do. And this year, two years now, they haven't had a quarterback. They tried out Mariota. They tried out Desmond Ritter. And now we're with Taylor Heineke. And the same thing that happened even when Matt Ryan was here, they still – and he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. Even when Matt Ryan was here, MVP on top of that, they still didn't do as well as they did except for the Super Bowl run, and nobody wants to talk about that, and I get it. So I'm just saying, help me understand why it should be any different. Why all of a sudden are we expected as, you know, the Atlanta Falcons to go – and, and win the division, number one, which I don't think is like. Well, let me two. answer. Hold on, Larry. Let me answer your question first. We were expected to compete for the division, A, reason 1A, because of the upgrades that the team made this season, which I just ran down everyone between the draft picks and the free agents that were brought in, and because it's the worst division in football. I, I don't necessarily know that I. I I mean, I guess you could look at it that way, and everybody's been certainly preempting it that way. But what's the other way to look? How, well, how are you looking at it? What's the other way to look at it? I, I don't understand. I think I think when I look at the past and this year, I think I'm being objective and just saying that still, whatever you did behind the scenes has not translated to on the field. So you thought, Larry, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you thought all the moves that they made, drafting Bijan, Pitts, Drake London, signing Lindstrom, bringing back McGarry, Onyemata, Jesse Bates, Caden Ellis, the list goes on. You thought none of that was going to have any impact on their season and they were still going to be bad. 
I didn't say it wouldn't have any impact. All I'm saying is that it hasn't translated to on the field wins. That's what I'm saying. Well, and not yet, but that's and that's why this game. Thank you for the phone call, Larry. Got to run. We got to hit some other guys. Appreciate you. That's why this game tomorrow is so damn important. It's going to go such a long way in resetting the tone of exactly what Larry's talking about. You have to get back in a position where you're setting yourself up to win the rest of your games. I'm not saying they're going to run the table, but go look at their schedule. There's not a game on that schedule that the Falcons should be afraid. But if you lose to a 1-8 Cardinals team after losing the way that they did the last two weeks, then you have no leg to stand on. And I'm sorry about that. And, that, and that's why I started the show by reading off the definition, multiple definitions of the term must win. Because I feel this game is a must win for the Atlanta Falcons. 404-726-0929. We got Will up next. Will. Yeah, I was just going to say that um... – First of all, thanks for having me on the uh, show. Yes, sir. I just think this is a big psychological boost, too. Half of it is just about getting some momentum, getting some confidence uh, so that they can face these next teams. And I hope that Desmond Ritter gets in there a little bit to regain his confidence. It's got to be way down right now. I don't think you're going to see him at all in this game unless, Will, it's, you know, the Falcons go up by three touchdowns in the third quarter and it looks like, you know, the Cardinals last week when they had 56 yards of total offense. So I don't think you're going to see that. But I agree with your first point wholeheartedly, and I thank you for the phone call. That was exactly my point, was that this win for the Falcons, hopefully tomorrow, is exactly the catalyst and the bouncing off point to start something for the rest of the season. You go into the bye week feeling high. You can sort of kick all the air and all the rocks out of the room, as Randy McMichael likes to say, that have been thrown upon you for the last couple of weeks. It's a fresh start. It's a palate cleanser. You make the decision on the quarterback. Hopefully, Arthur Smith has somewhat of an easy time figuring out what's going on. And then you come back and you tackle the rest of your schedule. You get the Saints twice. You get the Panthers again. You get the Bucks again. And that'll clean up the division, hopefully. Because, guys, the Saints are not good. They've been winning. They barely beat the Bears last week. I mean, they are not a good football team. The Falcons are a better football team than the than the uh, Saints, in my opinion. 404-726-0929. Let's go to David next. David, you're in the game. Hey, guys. How's it going today? Listen, thanks, Chris, for taking my call. You got it, um, David. I would say it's a must win, and it's probably the logic that you're using in your head. Um, the, the, there was some good feelings about the Falcons early on in the season, um, but now after the last two weeks, it's just kind of a bad taste in your mouth, a third loss to the Cardinals, then pretty much the early season, just like you, you were a mediocre to bad team that got lucky against some other mediocre to bad teams. That that's the storyline. And, and quite frankly, that's the storyline that's going to pretty much be hanging across your head for the rest of the season, even after the bye. Unless, you get a win un- tomorrow, unless, unless, there may unless. There some hope for the rest of the year. I got you. Hang on one sec. Unless, I agree, unless you can rattle off three or four wins in a row. Right. I mean, we, the Falcons can't do win one, lose one anymore. That That's the key to it, right? You've actually got to show that you can start winning and stringy wins together. Exactly. And David, that, I, pre- I appreciate it. I got to run just because we're up against the break here. I thank you for the phone call. I agree with you, David, 100%. 
The Falcons need to go and they need to beat the Saints. They need to beat the Cardinals. They need to beat the Bears. They need to take care of business against these teams that just aren't good. Rattle off three or four in a row. I don't care who you beat or how you beat them. Get to a point where you're three games over 500 and you're competing for this division title again. And that's exactly how things will turn around. All right, when we get back, we'll continue to take more of your phone calls. I see you out there if you're holding. KC, Kevin, Howard, Gary, you stay right there. I'll get to you when we get back. If you want to grab a line, 404-726-0929. Is this a must-win game for the Falcons tomorrow? I say yes. I laid out my arguments why. What say you? 404-726-0929. Great job on the phone so far. We'll continue to take your calls. Huge game for the Falcons tomorrow. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey app. This is the other side of the glass. Yeah! <laughs> On Sports Radio 929 The Game. Man, this is going to be a very tense few hours for all of us out there tomorrow. I'll be here. Uh, is this are you playing sexy red right now, Dom? Yeah, sure, why not? Oh my we may need to have a conversation in the break about <laughs> what what music what what current music all no it's, she's she's doing her thing man I, I I appreciate her not not my cup of tea necessarily but for all you big sexy fans out there Dom will uh, continue to spin those treats for you all afternoon long I'm with you till seven o'clock here on Sports Radio ninety two nine the game Chris Thomas on the other side of the glass we're talking Falcons is it a must win. Is it a must win? Yes, of course it's a must win to the good people out there listening in the ATL and beyond. Of course it's a must win. This is a win for the culture. This is a win for the confidence. This is a win for the cosmetics. It's not about the mathematics. It's about the cosmetics for this one. 404-726-0929. Busy, busy phone, so let's get right to it. Keep it rolling. 404-726-0929 404-726-0929 if you want to jump in. KC, you're up first. You're in the game. Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? Hey, it is a must win. And I just want to say, McGarry, Lestrom, Jake, and number 24, and that sorry center that we got, that is a weak offensive line. I haven't liked it since the season started. I'm hoping that Terry Fontenot is going to try to get something, put it together to make a better offensive line for our young quarterback. It ain't just our young quarterback making mistakes. Our offensive line has at least three penalties per game. The number 24, he couldn't he couldn't cover a cold. He's awful. And these are leftovers from our, our previous regime. So they got to do something, man. They All right, Casey, appreciate the phone call. Now, listen, is A.J. Terrell having – In all-pro season, he is not. He has certainly let up his fair share of play. But to call him awful, that is not true. That is an exaggeration. I know we're all feeling the emotion. I certainly am. I'm right there with you guys. I've watched every snap of every game this season. I want to see this team succeed. I want to see them end the playoff drought. But just because we're frustrated, we can't start throwing out reckless speculation like A.J. Terrell is horrible. When we all know that's not true. So if you're going to bring it, you can bring it with emotion. That's what I want to hear. But 
Bring me some facts, Jack, too, because you can't just start calling up and talking nonsense about A.J. Terrell is awful. Is he, is, he, is he his usual Pro Bowl self right now? No, I'll give you that, but he's not awful. And as far as the offensive line, you know, it's so funny. I keep seeing all these metrics and all these numbers on ESPN and on Twitter about the Falcons' offensive line is grading high and this and that and the third, and I'm just like, I don't see that on Sundays. It doesn't add up. The The numbers that I'm seeing for the success rate of the offensive line, it must be true because the data is out there and it's done by reputable companies that I trust, but on the surface value of it all, I just I don't see it. 404-726-0929. Next up, we got Kevin on 85. Kevin. Kevin. Kevin going once, twice, and he gone. Next up, Howard, you're in the game. Hey, Chris. What's hey, Chris, up, Howard? How you doing? Yep. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Hey, hey, three things that I'm going to try to get in. One is, yes, you're absolutely right, must-win game. The next three games are must-win games, to be honest with you. Three in a row. We don't get that. They're all must-wins. The second thing, talk about talent. Yeah, we did spend a lot of money on talent, and we – should expect more, but the bottom line is, I'm 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 just not a talent. There's talent all over the the NFL. You talk about all the people that if you made it to the NFL, you're talented. There are a lot of good players out there, and there are a lot of good teams that have play put players that don't do well on their team. They go to another team, they do well. They might have had, they might have even won the Super Bowl. Well, Howard, let me ask you this. Out of all the guys they brought in in free agency this offseason, who, in your opinion, is not living up to the, the money no, that no, they I'm not, got? I'm not, I'm not saying they're not living up to it. I'm just saying the talent is there. The talent, and it is a lot more talent on our team this year than it was last year. So what does that tell you? It tells you that we're not doing a good job coaching. And when I say that, and even going back to last year, we lost three games last year. I can't point them out exactly which ones they were, but they were strictly poor coaching. If we'd had better coaching, we would have won at least three more games than we did last year. And even going back farther to the Dan Quinn years of coaching, remember that year we lost to Dallas when our team couldn't fall on a on a um, onside kick after sure. three, four yards? Right. That's coaching. Yep. All of that is coaching. No, I hear you, Howard, and and I I appreciate the phone call. I got to run because we got a bunch more people I got to get in because we got our buddy Joe Patrick coming up for his spot at 440. He'll give us all the latest. I just saw on Twitter some injury updates that he will provide for us as well. Howard, thank you again for calling in. Here's the problem. I think a lot of this has been compounded on Coach Smith for two reasons. One, his attitude with the media sometimes can seem a little bit snarky or sarcastic he doesn't mean it in a way to put you off or to challenge you or to say that I'm better than you and I can say that pretty confidently being in the room with him week in and week out with Dukes and Bell I see the interaction I see the explanation he's genuinely trying to do what is best for this football team but because of the way that the messaging can come off at times I think that puts some people off compound that with A lot of the problem is now the flashy plays are the ones that are being pointed out and criticized the most. The jet sweeps, the tight end pass, those things are being highlighted as the big mistakes, and it's not, you know, 
we didn't we should have gone for it on fourth down and we didn't or you know the wide receiver dropped the ball because he was double covered and it should have been a different route combination those aren't the things he's being criticized for he's being criticized for being too cute and when that and when those two things connect like that and you're being criticized simultaneously for those two things it can be a tough look at times and that's why you need to go out and what what did Dukes and Bell say all week long get back to basics run Bijan run Algier throw some t- some tight end screens to Pitts and then try to hit Drake if he's healthy enough on a deep shot that should be the recipe seemingly week in and week out but they've gotten away from it lately for the you know coach will give you a four minute explanation on why to the media, but sometimes that tends to go in one ear and out the other when it's happening the way that it's happening. 404-726-0929. Next up, we got Gary in Woodstock. Gary. Yes, sir. Hey, Chris, how are you? What's up, Gary? Hey, so absolutely a must win for us, but uh, I want to mention something I haven't heard anyone talk about yet, and I'll tell you something that just drives me crazy every week watching this team is every game we're halfway through the season and every game has been a freaking nail biter okay to me red flags go up all over the place when that happens i mean i don't expect expect this team to go out there and blow people out but there have been a lot of opportunities where we should have won by a couple of touchdowns and we shoot ourselves in the foot we get down on the one yard line and we go backwards well you know why that is though right it's because ritter turned the ball over at a historic clip for three games in a row well, this past time, Ritter didn't have anything to do with it. It was it was uh, our, our other quarterback down there on the one yard line, and we go backwards seven yards. No, so I understand I Heineke was, had a pick, but the reason yeah. but the reason some of those games weren't blowouts, even in the wins like against Tampa Bay, is because Ritter could not stop fumbling and throwing interceptions to save his life, and Arthur Smith wouldn't take him out of the game. Those games right. would I think if Heineke was in a lot of those games, they would have been more towards the scores that you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope Heineke is a better answer for us because that's just maddening to watch every week. Just We're just on pins and needles right up until the final second picks off the clock. Well, is, isn't that kind of – listen, this is my third season now covering the Falcons with Dukes and Bell. <laughs> I think that's kind of been a theme the entire time I've been here. There's been maybe one or two games. That 49er game last season sticks out as a nice, clean, wrapped-up victory pillar to post. <laughs> Haven't seen a lot of those in my time here, my friend. Yeah, well, I'd like to see us at least get on top of a team early and, and stop depending on Young Way Koo to win it for us. That's about all I have. All right, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, and that would be nice, especially against the 1-8 Cardinals team with Kyler Murray making his first start in a year. It should be that way. If it's not, again, this is why we're having this conversation. 404-726-0929. Tim is in Flowery Branch, ironically enough, Falcons HQ. What's up, Tim? Man, I'm telling you what, Chris, it's good talking to you. But, man, I'm going to make it simple. Um, th- th- where you win a football game is if, you, if your line can push the other team's line around, you win. We brought a guy in from, what, the Saints in 2020? Supposed to be modeled after the Saints for having this good defensive draft and, you know, good head on the shoulders. Man, we look at the 27 or 2007 uh, uh, Detroit Lions drafting Calvin Johnson. They don't have anything else. I mean, the last three years, I've sat at the TV, my, my mouth dropped open when we draft offensive not garbage, but offensive people when you don't even have a line to protect anybody. 
I mean, does anybody? I mean, is it me and John Chuckery the only people that see that? It's maddening. No, it's I I get it, but but what can you? Here's the problem. So here's so this is where we are, right? You drafted Bajan, you drafted Drake, and you drafted Pitts. You signed, as you said, guys like David Onyemata, Caden Ellis from New Orleans, who have played pretty well, by the way. Those guys have not been the problem, even though Onyemata might miss the game. But here we are. So all you all you can do is move forward with what you have. The trade deadline's come and gone. This is the team. This is the squad that you have. You can't, you know, whine and complain about yes, what happened in right. the previous this, years. You got to take the horses that you have and move forward. This this is what the team we have, and that's what's so frustrating as the Falcons fans is until we get rid of this general manager, we're not going to do anything. It's going to be mediocre until you know for for next few future anyway. Next, next little bit of yeah, Tim, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. Here's where I disagree with you at the end there. This is really the first team that has Terry Fontenot's real fingerprints on it from top to bottom. The first two years, as we talked about earlier in the show, were essentially trying to put together you know, pieces into square pegs and round holes because you were so screwed by the cap. This year they had the, the, the money and the resources and the draft picks to be able to put together – the vision, so to speak, of Terry Fontenot for the team. Yes, they're still underperforming as of right now. That's why, as everyone's talking about with me right now, this next stretch of games are so critical and why we're calling them must-win because this can't be the case. You can't be 4-5 and five with everything that's transpired in the past couple of years. You can't do it. A couple more before we break. Ken, you're up next. You're in the game. Hey, what's going on, man? I, I just had to call in, man, because, man, people are just reaching for any and everything. First you say AJ Terrell's awful, which isn't true. And then you say Heineken was the reason why we didn't score. I'm like, dude, what are you watching? Like, he's the reason why we put up 28 points in that game. He's part of the reason why we were actually up in the fourth quarter. You know, and the defense just uncharacteristically gave the game away at the last moment. Well, so, look, the problem is they did that in back-to-back weeks. Okay, okay, well, did the quarterback turn the ball over at an alarming rate like Ritter was? No. Like, right, Heineke has better pocket presence. He has better command of the offense. I think the offense will be fine. Just give Heineke a couple weeks to settle down. I think we'll be okay. I don't think it's full panic mode right now. I just think we just need to take a step back, relax, see how this plays out, and just go from there. No, it's full panic mode, though, and I appreciate the phone call, Ken. It is full panic mode if you lose on Sunday. Then it's full panic mode. There's no getting around that. I know mathematically you'll still be in it, and there's six games left in the season or whatever it is. You cannot lose this game tomorrow after the last few weeks. One more before we break and get to Joe Patrick. JP, finish us off. Hey, Chris, what's going on? What's up, man? Um, so there's a lot going on, okay? I feel like we should have won the majority of games we've played in this year. And the players are actually – we actually have a good set of players minus the O-line here and there. I do feel the defense has done enough in each game. Now, they blew the last two games, but prior to that fourth quarter, I feel like the defense has played well enough where the offense should have put enough points on the board. I I agree with what you said about Art uh, being snarky – but two things can be true. You can be a really good guy. I watch him on the Pat McAfee show, and he's a. You may I like to go grab a beer with him, but I do believe as a head coach, he is very very stubborn, to the point where, this week against the Cardinals, Heineke said it's like a Super Bowl game for us, and and that is, a level of desperation that is beyond words. Where the the one and whatever Cardinals is like a Super Bowl game, um, 
I'd like to see Arc maybe give up the the, the OC uh, play call and stuff. It's not going to um, happen. I'm going to tell you right now, JP. Well, we got to run. I appreciate the phone call. You make good points. That's not going to happen. It, he's not going to do it. I mean, maybe if you lose three of the next four games, as the that's what he does. That's why he's here. That's why the team is constructed the way that it is. You can't have the talent on offense that he's assigned to and not have the guy call the plays. He's he's not going to give it up. I know it's been suggested. Mike Bell even asked it on Wednesday. He said everything's on the table, but he's not going to give it up. And I don't think – I think here's the problem. As I said before, the things that are getting scrutinized the most is the way that the play calling has shaken out. The two cute plays in red zone situations that have cost them points. That's why he's so under the microscope as a play caller. We're not looking at the drive that Algier set up to, you know, take the, the lead against the Vikings last weekend. That was that was great by Coach Smith. But we don't look at that as much because of what happened on the Johnu Smith jet sweep. That's the problem. All right, great job on the phones for the first hour of the program. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you didn't get in, we'll do it again a little bit later in the show. But up next, we got our buddy Joe Patrick stopping by. A couple of key injuries to update, including one guy that I think could be a key to this game who may not play. We'll get into that next. Sports Radio 929 The Game, Odyssey app. Other side of the glass is on. Oh my God! Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Great slate of college football action going on right now. We got Washington and Utah going on. We got Mizzou and Tennessee. Florida State's getting underway in a little bit. We got uh, Georgia, of course, playing Ole Miss at 7 o'clock in what should be, I don't think it's going to rain, but it might be a little slippery because it was raining all last night and all day today. We'll see how that affects the game between the hedges. But right now, we got to continue our Falcons conversation as we head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Welcome in our friend, Joe Patrick. Joe, how are we? Oh, man, I'm doing good, Chris. Man, I'm just watching this Washington-Utah game, and uh, Michael Penix, he's a, he's a pretty good quarterback, just threw a nice touchdown pass. He, he's, uh, I think he's going to climb in some uh, NFL draft boards. I think he was, like, in the middle of the second round last time I saw some of these projections. I feel like he's going to climb himself up to a top-ten pick. Sorry, that's look, off topic. Well, well, you know, he might look good in uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe in, not, maybe not. <laughs> red and black. I was just saying. Um, all right, so let's start with some injury updates. What do you got for me? What's the latest? Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's not great for the Falcons considering the news that just came out today, which is that um, the team has activated Frank Darby and more notably Timmy Horn for the game tomorrow as a standard elevation from the practice squad. The reason why that's big is because David Onyemata goes into this game as questionable, and so I have to think that the elevation of Timmy Horn, a player who played a lot last year, but we have not seen him play much this year on and make game day rosters, uh, he, you know, would be filling that spot and making up the numbers there. And with the team that's already without Grady Jarrett, you know, that's, that's, that's a big ask for the guys who are going to step up on this defensive line. But the Cardinals also have some offensive linemen, like their entire interior offensive line is questionable or out going into this game. So it could be one of those kind of chaotic games. And especially with the Cardinals, you know, obviously getting Kyler Murray healthy back, James Conner will also play for them. 
you would think that that's going to be good for them. But at the same time, sometimes when you get a great player back, it can take, a, you know, a, a couple games for them to kind of find a rhythm. So we'll see how Kyler Murray performs in his first game since returning from injury. But obviously there's some big news on that subject going into this game for both teams. So my first thought when Kyler Murray was announced as the starter was not again, because this will be the third week in a row that a guy's going to be fresh off the heap. And this sort of backyard football style seems to be the Falcons Achilles heel. Yeah, doesn't it? Like, and that's what's so weird about this defense is this defense was, you know, a, a top 10, top five defense in total yards and in scoring until these last couple of weeks where they've given up the biggest point totals, you know, of the season so far to Tennessee and to, to the Vikings, especially, which was a crazy one given their quarterback situation. But when you go back and really dissect how those games went, the, the point totals, I, I don't really think, I, I don't think they paint a great picture about what this Falcons defense is because in the Tennessee game, yes, you, you give up some explosive plays, although one of them should have been called back clearly for an offensive pass interference. And then against the Vikings, you put yourself in bad situations with the offense turning the ball over and giving the Vikings shorter fields. You really gave up a bad one at the end of that game. That was the worst kind of we've seen of this defense in the last couple of weeks with the you know Josh Doblet Vikings going, what, 75 yards for a, touch, a game-winning score. Um, but, you know, I think that this defense has established itself as one that is going to be tough to play against. But again, when you look at the numbers, they just got to get sacks. They just got to get sacks. And I'm kind of convinced, Chris, that the whole like uh, pressures stat is like something that's just like a, a media tool for coaches to use because I, I don't really see it mattering all that much unless they actually get to the quarterback. I know the coaches will always say, you know, you're trying to disrupt the passer and everything, but I don't know if the stats are really taking that into account, like how much a passer is actually being affected by the rush. So I just need to get home against this Cardinals team and really disrupt Kyler Murray. In terms of offense, as we're talking all things Falcons and Cardinals with Joe Patrick, of course, our 92.9 The Game Falcons reporter, um, my theory is if they can put up 21 red zone points tomorrow, this is a win. Is that a fair number for you? Uh, yeah, I would have to think so. I mean, I would have to think so that if they get 21 red zone points, they probably get some other points. And yeah, that's definitely going to be enough. Uh, again, I do think that there's a ton of kind of variation that could happen in this game, just in terms of the way we project it because of the Kyler Murray situation, he could come out in an, and this is a new offensive scheme that we've never seen him in before. So really, truly nobody knows exactly what this is going to look like. That's why I tend to think that it could be a little rougher than some are you know, expecting, because when you hear the name Kyler Murray, you just kind of, you know, you tend to think about, you know, his highest moments in the NFL, which have been some of the highest that we've seen from the quarterback position in the league, you know, with the, especially this kind of modern quarterback that he presents himself as, but you would have to think with the way that the Falcons defense is playing, if they can just score those points. And Chris, I would actually say there's obviously been a lot of focus on this team's scoring ability in the red zone, and especially in the goal line and who's been getting the ball in those situations. But I also think that this team, you know, they just they have not created many explosive scoring plays, which teams tend to, you know, rely upon if you want to be hanging 30 burgers on anybody. You need those big plays that actually score points. Now, the Falcons have created lots of big plays in terms of like 10-yard, 10-plus-yard runs, 20-plus-yard passes, but that screen pass to Johnny Smith that went 60 yards for a touchdown was their first touchdown this year that happened from outside the red zone. They are just not really creating any of those explosive touchdown plays and we knew that that was kind of a staple of Arthur Smith's offense when he was in Tennessee and he even said at the end of last year it's something we have to improve going into this year it just hasn't really happened although they have been able to pick up that chunk yardage they just have not been able to get the ball in the end zone of course that's been the the kind of story that we've been talking about all week
You mentioned uh, the red zone trips and the play calling being coming into question. What type of game plan do you expect from Arthur Smith this week? Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure we'll see some wrinkles. Like, I know that fans have kind of gotten upset because of some of the wrinkles in particular that have, you know, utilized Jonu Smith kind of near the goal line, either as a runner or a passer, when uh, you would think that if you're trying to utilize Jonu Smith, you would want to throw him the ball. But I think that that's just part of Arthur Smith's game. Like, he's going to, you know, have some of those wrinkles that get you off of tendencies. And we've seen it, them work for the Falcons, maybe not when they're closer to the goal line, but we've seen, you know, the Drake London pass to John U. Smith and those types of plays that um, have the potential to be like what we were talking about earlier with those big kind of scoring touchdown plays. So, you know, in terms of the game plan, I think that they're going to, you know, continue to, I, I don't think it's going to be anything super drastically different. I think that this Falcons offense, if they just punch it in, in some situational, uh, you know, spots here and there, I think we're looking at a totally different team. We have a totally different outlook on what this team is that they're not, you know, fumbling at the goal line or turning the ball over in some of these spots where you would expect them to score a touchdown. So, you know, there's been a lot of consternation over it, but I generally think that the Falcons offense will get it together and start scoring the points and being the kind of offensive unit that I think we all thought we would once they can stop turning the ball over. Will that happen? I think that that's up in the air as anybody's guess, but I will say that, you know, I think it's worth getting another look at Taylor Heineke and how he performs in this game it's so hard coming into the middle of the season just playing well in your first game especially he was talking about when you're a, when you're a scout team quarterback you're often kind of encouraged to, to fit the ball into tighter windows that you want to give the defense those looks of how the throws are going to come in on certain routes and so you just have to kind of dial that back a little bit and obviously there's just some just general sloppiness and accuracy issues too that he'll have to work out but um, you know we'll see how he performs and of course this team will make a decision going into the buy on the long-term quarterback situation. What I think is the frustrating part about what you just said, though, Joe, is, yes, Taylor Heineke coming in, whatever, you know, having to adjust on the fly, but he's a veteran in this league. And then you have, I don't know, Jonu Smith, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, you have Tyler Algier, Bijan Robinson, Mac Hollins. I know some of those guys have been in and out of the lineup the past couple of weeks, but still collectively there's a ton of talent on this offense. Just get them the ball, Joe. Why does it seem to be so difficult at times for that to happen? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, of course, you, you, you want to get these guys the ball. I, I, I think there have been some um... – Listen, like they, they definitely could be getting these guys the ball a lot, uh, you know, more often in certain areas where I think they would have been effective. You know, if you look at Bijan Robinson's touch numbers, like they're right up in line with some of the top backs in the NFL, like in terms of like just how often he's getting the ball. I think he's got 141 touches so far this year. A lot of people forget he's got 30 catches already. So this team, I think, is trying to get these playmakers the ball. And I think that, you know, it's reflected that this is, actually is a decent offense within, you know, the, like within the twenties, like, I'm, like, so what's been really plagued this team is turnovers and having really bad field position. It's really hard to score points when you have that combination. And again, like I, I know it seems like very simplistic to say, but I think a lot of the issues that Falcons fans have with the way that this offense has produced, you know, over the last three, four weeks, really since that Texans game would be so much alleviated if this team can just clean up some things in some situations um, and again, maybe that's maybe that is a big situation on the line. You get the ball to Bijan Robinson, where in the past you haven't been doing that. Maybe that is the answer, and maybe we will see more. The, the team try to you know do that more, uh, but I generally think it's not as bad as, a, as 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 it's very easy to to feel like it is because it has a bad results wise. The team is not scoring points. I just don't think that there's major 
changes that need to be made to get them to score points other than just cleaning up these issues. And I think that that's why they're going to Taylor Heineke. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was so frustrating to see him play the way that he did against Minnesota because he was still kind of putting the ball in harm's way where it's just like, man, if we can just not have these, especially like back-to-back turnovers like the team had uh, in Jacks or I guess in London against Jacksonville and then uh, against Minnesota with Bijan's fumble and then the interception from Heineke, if you can just clean that up, I, it changes the whole complexion of the season, what this team's outlook is at this point, not being four and five. Instead, you might be five and three or, or five and four or something better. Here's the problem. I just looked this up, and, and it really, really stands out when you look at it from this standpoint, Joe. B. John Robinson is 517 yards rushing. The leader in the league is Christian McCaffrey with 650. So if you put Bijan back in that game where he only got one touch, you're looking at them being pretty close. Here's the difference. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey has nine rushing touchdowns. Bijan Robinson has one. Yep. Yep. That's it. I mean that and again, that's what like I point to that. Like I I, I agree that, you know, if this team and it, it, it maybe it's not Bijan, if it's Drake London scoring the touchdowns or anybody scoring the touchdowns, I think we have a very different feel about how all these players are performing in Arthur Smith's system. And I think that because those touchdowns have not come, and some of it may be down to Arthur Smith. I'm not against, you know, criticism of his play calling in certain situations at all. But I just think that if they were to have, you know, in those kind of six to ten opportunities that could have gone a different way so far this season, then you're think- thinking totally differently. Now, I know that that's a lot of, like, ifs, ands, or buts, but I, I just think that we could very be, well be looking at a different situation had some kind of freakish things not occurred with fumbles happening at the one-yard line and, and these kinds of things. So I think that and, – and, again, they got to play better. they they got to play better overall. They just cannot be putting themselves in the positions where teams with less talent than they have, like the Tennessee Titans, like the Minnesota Vikings last week, are in position to beat them. And, 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 they, and this is a test of that because, you know, you would think that the Falcons are one of those teams who have a better – you know, just better talent player for player – than the Cardinals have this week, even with Kyler Murray returning. Wrapping up our conversation here with our buddy Joe Patrick, Falcons reporter for 92 on the game right here. Chris Thomas hanging out with you until 7 o'clock. All right, last question. I'm going to ask you this question to end the interview this week, and then next week, if we chat again, I'm going to ask it to you to start the interview. You ready for this one? Okay, I like this. The Falcons starting quarterback after the bye week will be? (laughs) Oh, man. So... I think the starting quarterback after the bye week will be Taylor Heineke. That is my guess. That is my guess. And that's not necessarily what I would do, but that is the way that I feel like Arthur Smith and and just the team is leaning, having been there, just total contextual. That's just the feeling that I get being up at the facility and talking to some people. But um, again, I don't know if that's the right decision, but that's what I'm going with right now. I think that that's what they will end up doing. All right, I'm very much looking forward to asking you that exact same question. <laughs> I am too. One week from now after we see what happens tomorrow in Arizona. All right, Joe, appreciate you as always. Enjoy the game, my friend. All right, Chris, have a good show, man. All right, that is our buddy Joe Patrick checking in for his weekly visit here on the other side of the glass. Every week during Falcon season, we'll get the latest from Joe as he is up at Flowery Branch every single day covering this team from soup to nuts. All right, when we get back... How about we get Dom in the mix? He's done a good job so far. We'll give him a speaking part. Five Falcons true or false questions. I just asked one to Joe. We'll see what Dom has in store for me. Don't go anywhere. Hour in the books, two to play with you here on Sports Radio 929 The Game, Odyssey app.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.